Good afternoon, you good-looking bunch. It's myself, Gav Mack, Alex Osborne, and there's Stephen Buck, and it's our top fives in five midfield. How are you, boys? I'm feeling good. Very well. How are you? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's sunny and it's Thursday, so therefore it's happy days. It's Friday tomorrow. Oh my God, that's it. <laughs> um, this week we will be talking about our top five fullbacks. In the Premier League era, and um, you'll be able to follow all our social media links uh, down there um, at Two of Top Football on all social media platforms. Like, share, click, subscribe, and all that jazz and taz. Make sure you do it all because if you don't, uh, we won't be very happy and we won't be able to move forwards very well in life. Um, right then, um, who shall we pick first? Let's go with Alex. Why not? Why don't you kick us off? Who's your top five? Uh, fullbacks in the Premier League era. Top five. Okay, so coming in at number five uh, is Lauren. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his full name because it's yeah difficult. That's yeah, let's not difficult. do that. But most commonly known as Lauren, um, he makes my number five list. At, at list at number five, mainly because he played in the uh, successful. Arsenal side of the early 2000s when Arsenal were actually a pretty good team. Um, oh, back in the day, I remember won, that. Won numerous league titles, won numerous FA Cups, and Lauren was a big part of that team. You know, he he, he, he signed from Mallorca for what I thought many people thought he was a midfielder, actually, at the time. Uh, and he managed to convert into a fullback. And thinking of modern times with the inverted fullbacks and the way that fullbacks are now being used in the game, he would certainly have the skill set to play in the modern day because his passing was good, his positioning was good, good energy. And he actually popped up with a crucial penalty goal here and out, uh, here and there uh, as well. I remember him taking a couple of penalties where um, uh, it was it was sort of like raised a few eyebrows, but he certainly did that. And in, in total, he made over 150 league appearances for Arsenal for seven years, and he certainly is uh, definitely making my top five there. Happy days. I can't really complain with that. I thought you would have gone with a Bouet, but that might come up later on in the list. Um, who's your number four? Uh, number four. <laughs> okay, hang on. I've just got to process what you just said there. Um, <laughs> uh, number four is Gary Neville. Okay, oh, so nice. he's my number four. Uh, now, he many people nowadays will know him for his punditry work that he does with Sky Sports and the arguments and banter that he would have with Demi Carragher. And, you know, they, they, they like to be self-deprecating about their abilities, but really both of them were very, very good players. Gary Neville, definitely so. I mean, you don't get to play four, 400 league appearances for Manchester United with being a bad player. You know, yes. I can think of a, a couple of other players that I've said that about recently, um, which same applies. But 400 times he played for Manchester United. He played 85 games for England as well. He was a mainstay pretty much from United when he first broke into their team in 1992, the class of 92, they should say, right up until the last year or so, maybe he didn't play as much. But it, he's, he was still playing for Manchester United when he did retire uh, mid-season and uh, to start his punditry work. But Gary Neville certainly uh, is a, in the, the top five fullbacks for me in the Premier League era, especially when you can think of the partnership he had with David Beckham down that right-hand side. United, mm. Annie. Who's, who's your number three? So, number three uh, is Branislav Ivanovic. Yeah, now, big Bran. 
Yes, big brand. Now he was he was someone who could play. He he, he could play centre half, but I think that's kind of where people may have thought that's where he was because his physical stature was of a centre half. Now. Uh, I don't know who was the manager of the time at Chelsea. Certainly saw potential in him playing at right back. But when he got moved there, he took his game to the next level. He was strong. He wasn't necessarily quick, but he was good in the air. He he was he was surprisingly not bad with the football at his feet as well. Very good positionally. And he was just a very good defender. And he came up with a couple of crucial goals for Chelsea. I mean, and he, he played over 250 times for them in the Premier League over a period of nine years. And for me, he won numerous titles with them. He won Champions League. He won Europa Cups. He won trophies in Europe. Um, he, he certainly deserved to be in the top five for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Number two, a player who I think nowadays would excel in the Premier League with the current way that fullbacks have been used. But that's Dennis Irving. Yes, uh, of Manchester United. Left foot, right um, foot. Talk to me about Dennis Irwin. Yeah, left foot, right foot. He could play uh, either left or right back. He could take a good free kick. He was one of He'd the take pens as I well, didn't he? he? Yeah, yeah, and penalties too. And I think he was one of the first names on the team sheet for Alex Ferguson in the nineties uh, when he played for Manchester United, mm-hmm. and he was a big part of the the reason why Manchester United uh, dominated English football for a lot of that decade and. <laughs> He was one of the players which have built the Manchester United brand, you want to call it now. But he he was pretty quick. He was he was positionally sound. He you mentioned, football you mentioned about, about um, yeah, you, well. you mentioned about a second ago as well with the relationship between uh, Gary Neville and David Beckham down the right hand side. That relationship was replicated on the left hand side. With yeah, Giggs. with Dennis Irwin and Ryan Giggs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, both, uh, 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 there's no coincidence that Manchester United's strength was down the, down the wings. Well, to be fair, they had strength all over the park, but especially down the wings, it was, yeah, they, they had it covered everywhere there, Manchester United, about down the left and the right. So he was my number two, uh, yeah. definitely a player that, that could play in today's game. And he would probably rack up, if he was playing in Liverpool's third side, he'd be racking up similar numbers to what Robertson and Andy, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold are doing right now. Yeah, I, I don't think there's many arguments with that. And if you don't really know about it, for the younger viewers, go back and look, watch uh, watch some highlight reels and go back and have a look yeah. at some stats. Dennis Irwin was a real deal, mate. Um, who's um, who's top of your list? Number one, and it, to be honest with you, I don't think really it was that close. I think it was a. Cl- Sometimes you can come with a top five, and you're like, oh, I'm not sure which ones. It, what kind of order to put him in but for me the winner was a clear one as they um, got a lot of stick for the move that he did make in the middle of his career but really it was the best thing for him because I think that he actually became an even better player after his move and that is Ashley Cole yeah. Ashley Cole he he played over he was played nearly 400 games in the Premier League um, he was part of the invincible side of Arsenal came through the youth ranks I mean, I think they almost lost him, to be fair, because at the time they had Silvino, and if Silvino didn't have that hot passport and got, had to get sold pronto, Ashley Cole may never have got his chance. But mm. when he did get his chance, he took it with both hands and ascended into probably being the left, best left-back in the world at the at the time during his peak of his career. I mean, there's certainly been not many fullbacks who could contain and actually pretty much beat Ronaldo in a one-on-one environment at the time than 
Ashley Cole did. Mm. And he, he he played over 100 times for England as well. And he, I know he is quite a divisive character amongst a lot of fans, but there is no denying that his ability and his talent was was unrivaled as a fullback. Yeah, I'll get that. Um, I don't really think I could argue too much with your list. Um, Buck, what about yep. what about yours? Who's, who's your number five? My number five, I went for the um, the best example of the modern day fullback that I can get, which was Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm surprised that you've actually put him in there so yeah. early on in his career. Tell me about he's it. Very early, it's very early. But if you look at the game for the fullbacks, has changed massively over the last 10, 15 years. You've gone from being predominantly very defensive based where they would invert and become almost like a, a third or fourth centre half depending on what teams they're playing for now they're almost wingers yeah and that development you've had a variety of fullbacks that have tried it and perhaps they provide crosses perhaps they provide a more kind of a pacey outlet but Trent Alexander-Arnold is the first one in the modern game really if you look at his goals mm. his, his delivery it is just incredible what that guy is doing he's got so much potential he's going to deliver so much more in the future he is only the start of his career but actually for the modern game i don't think you've got a better example future team of the year year yeah. in year out in world football yeah. I, I i think um not got a better example i don't know i don't know whether i'll put him on my top five um premier league of all time right now but if, if five well in, in three four five years time if he stays in the Premier League he's arguably going to be one of the most decorated and if not the best right back of all time um right who's your number four number four I went for Gary Neville oh, G Nev G Neville there's a little bit of conjecture about that because if you look at how many games they played you could probably actually say that Phil had the longer career I think he actually played more games oh, Phil Neville Phil never would be anywhere near this anyway, man. But in terms of leadership ability, in terms of what he delivered at international level, in terms of what he delivered at club level, you cannot deny Gary Neville was a great player. Um, mm. And we've got there's that whole thing on Sky Sports where they go, you know, no one really dreams of being the next Gary Neville at fullback. But there's plenty of players out there that wanted to be a fullback and actually wanted to be as successful and as good as what Gary Neville was. Yeah. Doesn't want to be as good as what he is at management. But, <laughs> as a player, as a player, yes, they did. Burn. <laughs> Absolute burn. Shade from Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> Who's number three? Number three. One of my favourite fullbacks of the last, you know, last sort of decade, Seamus Common. Yeah. I He's appeared already on the show in the bargain bucket. Highly. I think Seamus Common is a great, great... Me... Two Stephen Buck, me too. What a defender he is! And I'll tell you what, right? We um, before you go on about Steve, uh, about Seamus Coleman, if you watch the Merseyside derby at the weekend, that is what Seamus Coleman's all about. That is exactly what it's about. He knows exactly where he is. He he manages the back for. I'm taking the shine away from you. Carry on, Buck. I mean, what a player! What a player! Even if you take out the fact that he was bought for an absolute steal. Take out the fact that he's perennially in Everton's side and has been consistent for years now. Mm. The appearances, the, the, the assists, the performances that he puts in, he's a regular seven and a half, eight out of ten sort of character. He never, ever, ever... Now, if you took Seamus Coleman and you put him into a more successful side, mm. 
have a trophy hall to match his ability. His loyalties to Everton are the only reason why he's the only third in this list. If he'd have gone to a Chelsea, if he'd have gone to a Man City, if he'd have gone to a United, we'd been talking about Seamus Coleman as one of the top two centre uh, fullbacks in the Premier League history. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Player. Yes. Player. Absolute yes. I'll tell you what, Buck. Yes. That's what I'll say to that. Um, who's your number two? Number two, I went for Cashley Cole. Oh, you went with him there. Okay. So, again, um, great player. We can't deny what he's done. And it was a, certainly a controversial one that proved really successful for him. Really successful for Chelsea as well. Um Although I do remember the, the comments from one Arsenal official that quoted that part of the room, the, the reason why they let Ashley Cole move over to Chelsea was because they had a better fullback coming through at left back that they called Kieran Gibbs. Not quite sure they got the assessment right, if I'm honest. Kieran Gibbs isn't anywhere near Ashley Cole. <laughs> I don't know where you saw that report, but that report, no. Yeah, I think that's the first time the top, top um, viewers have ever seen me without glasses on at that point. Um, that's, um, <laughs> that's how much that shocked me. I had to take him off. <laughs> it's a shocking one. It's a shocking one. Um, but no, Ashley Cole was a great, great player. He's got a, a ridiculous trophy cabinet to go with it. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I, I don't particularly like him as a person. I think he's possibly one of the most egotistical people and arrogant people that I've come across, but you can't deny he's a great player. Mm, fair enough. And um, who's your who's your top of the tree? My top of the tree, I went for the United legend that is Dennis Irwin. Oh, you went that way. You went that way. I Interesting. That way. So, so why what? would you, I was going to say, why would you put Dennis Irwin over Cashley Cole? Purely from the impact and the longevity of that impact that he had for that single club. Dennis Irwin in that team, and we are talking about a United team which was riddled with leaders. Brilliant, brilliant players and huge characters, along with possibly the most charismatic and powerful, successful manager that we've ever seen in the Premier League. If, yes. if you weren't a strong character, forget getting inside, you wouldn't even get in the squad. Dennis Irwin, as Alex has already said, was number one for Sir Alex, and, Sir Alex Ferguson on that team sheet every single week. He was massively underrated, but actually pivotal to that side. A natural leader, went about his job brilliantly. And actually, I don't even think he's ever missed a penalty. I don't think he has. Off the top of my head, I don't think he's missed one. So, yeah. so for me, um, Dennis Irwin just was the epitome of what a good centre-half was. And as Alex already said, you could lift Dennis Irwin out of the 90s, stick him into the modern game now, and he would be a perfect inverted fullback. Perfect. Yeah. Very, very good. Okay, I like that. Right. The anchor man, Gav Mack, with his top five. Um, number five, I've, um, I've gone with Ian Hart. Um, Ian Hart, we, we haven't had a Leeds reference yet. So we need to have a Leeds reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, somehow then maybe that's the reason why he's made a top five. <laughs> no, no, the reason I could have had Gary Kelly. Um, no, but um, Ian Hart, he, I think he took his mould from Dennis Irwin in terms of free kicks. I'm not saying he's anywhere near Dennis Irwin. Um, it's just more personal favourite top five this list. Um, I, I feel that Ian Hart 
was part of that lead side which could have gone on and won a title, almost won the Champions League. They weren't far off it. They could have got to, um, well, they got to the semi-final of the UEFA Cup as well in 2000. Their back four was very astute and he was part of that. And as well as bombing down the left-hand side and whipping brilliant balls in the box, he was also great at, at dead ball situations as well. Corners, free kicks, pens, you know, um, Ian Hart. I think he's one of the most underrated uh, fullbacks to play in the Premier League. Um, number four, I've gone with Dan Petrescu. Um, Dan Petrescu, people don't talk about him. And I want to know why. Because Dan Petrescu has won four major honours with Chelsea at a time when Chelsea were, you could argue they were in a bit of a transition. They won the Cup Winners' Cup, which isn't an easy competition to win. They won the FA Cup in 2007. They also won the, the, um, the European Super Cup against Real Madrid with Dan Petrescu in it. And also, I must add, that the, they did a Premier League all-time eleven. They did two. They did one of English players and one of foreign players from in the first 10 years of the Premier League existing. And Dan Petrescu was the number one right back in that period from the from 1993 to 2003. Um, he also chipped in quite a lot of goals as well. He scored 17 goals um, for for them, which, um, you know, for a fullback who didn't really, it wasn't really one of those sort of who cuts in at the edge of the box or like the far post, like a Andy Robertson or a, or a Trent. He he was still able to to find the back of the net. So I've, I've put him in and I, I think, um I think it's vindicated if I'm honest. Um, number three, Zabaleta. I can't believe you boys haven't got Zabaleta in this side. Pablo Zabaleta. I don't think he needs much of an introduction really. He came over to Man City at the time when Man City were about to build on what they were going, what they're, what they're achieving right now. I don't think anyone really expected them to do it because it looked a little bit like a lead situation where you think, oh, well, we've got a lot of money. They might be able to do something with it. But Man City actually did. And players like himself, um, company, they were part of the first wave and they stayed and they won titles and they pushed and they got better and better every year. Um, we spoke a little bit off air about Argentina and the re uh, between like uh, Messi and Ronaldo as to why Ronaldo will be cast as better for major honours. He, if, if anyone deserved to win the World Cup in 2014 was Pablo Zabaleta, in my opinion. Um, number two... I've gone with Gary Neville there. Um, I, if I'm honest, I didn't appreciate Gary Neville until he retired. And if anyone asks me, you know, what do you think of Gary Neville like back in the day? I'll be like, oh, it's just, he's just average, you know, he's just, he's just seven out of 10 every game. Isn't that what you want from someone? Would you rather have someone who's seven out of 10 or even a seven and a half out of 10 every single game? Or would you rather have someone who's an eight out of 10 this week and a four out of 10 next week? You want that consistency. And he was consistent throughout his whole career and trophy cabinet to match. We all know that. Um, and number one, uh, Tony Hibbert. Um, <clears throat> I've gone with Tony Hibbert because of his loyalty to Everton. <laughs> 
Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it's actually cold. Um, <laughs> oh, your faces were an absolute picture. Hey, look, uh, you can follow us on. Pele's a fraud again. No, Pele is a fraud. We all know that. No, um, no, I do. I, I did like Tony Hibbert just because he was, he was there all the time, but he wasn't very good. Uh, but yeah, Cole has to be number one. Um, in, in my opinion, and in my lifetime, he is the best left back in my lifetime. Um, people will say, oh, what about Maldini? Um, Maldini and him, it's so hard. It's literally like, it's closer than the, the, the Brexit referendum for, for uh, <laughs> to work out who's better. Uh, so I would then put Maldini at centre-half just to make sure that he is in my side and he's very comfortable playing centre-half. Therefore, I would be able to play Ashley Cole at left-back, best left-back um, ever. In my opinion, as I said, but um, yeah, you can follow us on all uh, social media, as I said before at the beginning of the show, um, all our social media links are coming up at the bottom of your screen right now. If you're listening to the show on anchor.fm, you are able to click on the links above and they'll take you straight to all of our social media um, pages, which is pretty clever from them as well. And if you've got an idea for a top five, let us know, drop it in the comments, you know, throw your two quids worth in. Do you agree with our list? What order was your being? Hey, look for myself, Gav Mack and Alex Osborne. Oh, Gav Mack and Alex Osborne. Oh, I forgot about you, Bucky. And Stephen Buck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and good night. <laughs>